Welcome to MedScoop's podcast series on IT modernization in government, underwritten this week by SUSE. I'm your host, Wyatt Cash, and in this latest episode, we're taking a look at how open source solutions are helping federal agencies make their enterprise IT systems more secure as an alternative to many available commercial applications. Here to talk about that today is Alan Clark, who focuses on emerging technologies and open source in the office of the Chief Technology Officer at SUSE, the world's largest independent open source software company. Alan, thanks for joining us and welcome to the program. Thank you, Wyatt. Appreciate being here. I'm excited to chat about this. Super. Well, Alan, let's start by getting your take on a couple of common myths that because open source solutions are open for all to see, that somehow they must be less secure or present a greater security risk. Why are open source solutions actually more secure? You know, that's a great question. I appreciate you asking that. So long time ago, and and this saying has been around for a long time, I actually think it's attributed to Linus. And the saying is, many eyes make shallow bugs. And that's really true, particularly with open source. Having more people with different perspectives look at your code helps you avoid going down what's known as following the rabbit hole. Right. And I've developed software for many years. And when you have a team of, you know, 10 or 12 or 20 engineers and they're used to working together, you fall into what's known as group think, right? They all start to think the same and look at the same things. And I learned that early on that the group starts to look at the code the same way. You put them in a room, have them do a code review, they all start to think and look the same way. The beauty of open source is you get many, many different perspectives. And those perspectives are what helps reduce groupthink, right, or going down the rabbit hole. Now, the second part of that is with open source, you usually have many, many more eyes that are reviewing that code. So if you look at the Linux kernel, for example, they have over 4,000 authors. That's a very large group. And that's not unique. There are many projects out there that are as large or larger in size. So when they come in and look at that code and review it, security defects are realized and understood much more quickly, right? And by doing so, they eliminate that backlog, they can eliminate those known defects, and they oftentimes find some that haven't been discovered and uh, are able to quickly resolve those with a much better solution, quite honestly. The other myth that we hear about quite often is that, oh, open source is very vulnerable because if everybody knows about it, then it's very insecure. And that's actually the opposite. Obfuscation does not help hide a bug. If you think you're the only person in the world that knows about a vulnerability in the code, that's extremely dangerous, right? Because you simply just don't know if somebody knows about it. And odds are they're going to discover it, particularly today. And that makes it very, very dangerous. Alan, we're also seeing that open source solutions are actually becoming more widely used in large-scale enterprises. Why is that, and why are we also seeing it in particular in security circles? So the main reason is trust. Think about software as a black box, particularly proprietary software. I can see and test the interfaces that I know about, so all the APIs, the user interfaces, the configuration parameters, but I'm basing those and testing those based on the documentation that's available to me, right? And so everything else about it is very much a black box. I have no idea if it's not documented and I can't test it and I can't ferret out what its behavior is. It's very much an unknown to me. Open source is just the opposite, right? 
Now, we always think about the code and say, well, the code is open, so I can go review the code, right? And that's true. I can. And that's a very good resource. And I do that quite often. If I can't figure out how something's working, right, I go look at the code. But there's some other very big aspects that you should consider as well. And that is, I can go look at the development. So a good open source project has open development, which means that I can go see how the code is developed. A good open source project also has open design. I can go see how the code is being designed. I can look forward at things that they are currently designing the code isn't written for. I can see the problem statements they're working on. I can see the intent of what the code's going to do when it's developed. And I can track that and get a good feel for what's coming and how the code that's currently running has been designed. Then the fourth aspect of that is the community. A good open source community means that I can go look and see who's involved, who's been involved, how the leadership is structured within the community, how big the community is, how vibrant the community is, how they test. All of those aspects give me trust. So I'm not just trusting the code that I have, but seeing those aspects of development, design, and just the aspects of the community leadership all builds trust. Now, a second point on this of why things are being adopted, particularly in the enterprise, is the rapid development of innovation that is occurring through open source. There's such a rapid change and growth within open source, and that change enables me to leverage the code and leverage the output of those projects in new and innovative ways. And because I have that trust, I can apply those in key aspects of my enterprise, not just out on peripheral you know, devices or whatnot. A third point here is I say innovate and people start to get nervous going, well, that means it's not as tested, right? I might be more at risk. But actually, we're finding that because it's being adopted in such a variety of ways, I'm actually at less risk because the code has been used in such a variety of instances and deployments and different verticals or different implementations, you know, in different places like in retail, it could be security or it could be manufacturing. All those things means a variety of use cases and that actually helps vet the code much more than just applying it to a single instance, right? Then the, the fourth point here is because of those different environments where it's being deployed and used, it means that we're also testing scalability. And so I get much more robustness because of the scaled deployments that are occurring out there. So all this innovation means that I'm getting a wide variety of deployments in different markets, different uh, scenarios, and at different scales on different equipment and so forth. All of those are bringing and putting fixes back in the code that's making the code much more robust, much more usable, and much more secure. The other aspect of this that we haven't talked about, we also have to think about some of those people that are participating in these communities are also the manufacturers that are manufacturing the hardware that this code is running on. So even if we find insecurities, perhaps down on the hardware itself, it usually means that the software that's being run on top of it can rapidly patch around that. And working with those hardware vendors, make sure that the patch is appropriate, fixes the right vulnerabilities, and they can be able to produce that, test it, and roll that out very quickly. And that builds the robustness. That's why we're getting adopted in these enterprise environments so rapidly. That's a compelling set of reasons. Let's talk next about some practical use cases where open source solutions are actually making a difference in large-scale enterprises and projects. What are you seeing that might resonate with the initiatives that federal agency IT and program leaders are working on? 
You know, it's interesting because open source has pretty much permeated all the digital spaces, even clear out to edge, right? Edge computing is a hot growth area. We're seeing open source being adopted in things like autonomous vehicles. We've seen it out there on the Mars rovers, out in space capsules and satellites. So things that we used to design that, that have to last for years, but they were vulnerable and insecure because they, they weren't made to be updated and upgraded easily. Those times are changing and it's open source that's enabling us to do that. So we can innovate out to things like the edge and yet provide those software updates in a Accommodate those edge devices. So we're going all the way from the core to the cloud to the edge to all these devices, and it's very, very exciting. A second item to note here is that there's a lot of different open source projects that are changing to the latest technologies very, very quickly. We're seeing this in a couple of examples. So everybody's heard of Kubernetes, right? We're into the world of containerization. So a lot of the open source projects are quickly adopting the notion of containerization and microservices. Another area that's exciting is artificial intelligence or machine learning and being able to use those concepts as cloud resources or things out on the edge. And so we're seeing a lot of innovation, particularly in areas of retail, surveillance, and so forth, because they're able to adopt these notions of artificial intelligence and machine learning clear out to the edge. Another area would be those that are working with uh, classified documents. Open source provides security right from the beginning. There's nowhere to hide in a back door that you're not aware of. That's the beauty of open source. We do a lot of reviews, a lot of checking processes. We don't want those vulnerabilities in the code. The beauty of open source is it's shining lights on potential uh, vulnerabilities. And quite honestly, those bad actors, if they come visible, they get shunned and pulled out of these communities. It levels the playing field and keeps us secure. From your vantage point, what trends are you seeing in the open source development community right now that federal leaders should be alert to as they continue to invest in their IT modernization initiatives? So I think the first one there is just the enthusiasm and the dedication that, that we're seeing in these communities. And these projects continue to grow, not just in size, but in innovation. That innovation is going to help federal leaders modernize their infrastructure and also be a great asset to drive their mission-critical results. The second thing is that as open source is expanding into these different areas that we talked about earlier, you know, such as AI and, and machine learning, you're able to construct open source software kind of like a Lego kit. I can put projects together to help me with those initiatives that I have. It's kind of like building a building with Lego bricks. As I put those projects together, that gives me a unique approach on solving an initiative I have that fits very well. I can fit the software to exactly meet my needs. I think federal leaders are going to find that very exciting and very insightful. The other part there is working with key vendors helps you to pull those Legos together in a way that you need them in a way that is easily consumable. Well, finally, what key recommendations should agencies consider taking to utilize open source solutions more effectively to improve the security of their operations? Well, so this goes back to what I mentioned earlier, is open source is very much becoming ubiquitous. There's hundreds of thousands of open source projects out there today. And what that means is it's growing. It's gone all the way up the stack from the operating system to the latest of AI and machine learning, to federal services, to retail and so forth. So it's very much ubiquitous across the world. 
The second point I would say is that a thing they should do to utilize open source is, is monitor how those communities are working in developing software. See who's adopting it and how it's being adopted. That's actually a very good sign of how much people trust that software and how it's being used. The third part of this is work with reputable vendors. Being a contributor in a, an open source community has to do with reputation. Working with a reputable vendor helps ensure that you also have a voice in those communities and that you're going to be able to get reliable support, understanding of how the software works, how well it's developed, and so forth. So working with reputable vendors is going to be able to supply you with that mission-critical support that you're going to need. And then the third point is these open source projects typically focus on a particular aspect, right? So they'll focus on cloud services and they'll focus on, you know, operating systems and they'll focus on AI and Kubernetes and so forth. And you're going to want to take the Lego approach of putting those together. It builds a complete solution that's going to make sense for your use case. And that might sound a little scary, but that's actually a very positive because you're not just taking a generic solution that's meant to fit all and everything and everybody, but it's a tailored approach to fit exactly what you need to solve in the initiative that you have. Well, those are some very helpful recommendations, and um, I want to thank you for sharing those. I'm afraid, though, that we have to leave it there for today. Alan Clark, thanks for joining us to talk about the power and potential of open source software solutions for helping enterprises be more secure. Thank you, Wyatt. I very much appreciate the time. I enjoyed it. And thanks, of course, to Sousa for underwriting today's episode. Look for more of our coverage of IT modernization in government on fedscoop.com and our FedScoop radio channels on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. This is Wyatt Cash, your host. Thanks for tuning in.